In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Christ is in our midst. You may have noted, noticed that uh, I'm not preaching when I normally do. I did so today because it is the Feast of the Transfiguration. And it's a fixed date, August 6th. Doesn't always happen on a Sunday, every week, or every, every six or seven days, depending upon the year. Uh, and, and because of that, it being a feast day of our Lord, the matins or the orthodox service is a little shorter, so we got started a little earlier. And after the gospel, I noted that there weren't as many of you here, so I thought I would wait because I want to preach to more of you than were here at the time. So it's for a practical reason. It is, I, I see you, Harry, you can't hear me, but there's nothing else I can do, so we're just going to have to work through it. Um, so it is the Feast of the Transfiguration. It's one of the 12 great feast days of the year. It is one of the feast days of our Lord. It is an event that has been recorded in the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And also, because he was there and a witness to it, Peter records it in his epistle, and we heard that today. And so the story, or the event rather, is or should be well known to us. And I want to speak about it as it relates to the word transfigured, that we hear so much transfigured. And I, I said this last night at Vespers as it was coming to me, and I want to say the same thing today, because when we find ourselves at a time, whether it be in our own individual life, uh, and each and every one of us has that point in time or maybe more points in time of our life where we come to a crossroad or we come to a, a time when something is in front of us that we must deal with or must address in our life. And I think we all know if we don't, at times this can fester and and the, the further we put it into the uh, depths of our soul and, and forget about it or ignore it or justify it, it can, bad things can happen. It can manifest itself in the way we behave, the way we relate, the way we live. And so it's important for us, and especially here in the church, which is my responsibility to point these things out as a priest, and that is to go back and look from whence we came, from where we came. And we don't have to look any further than the first chapter of the Bible. We all know it. We've heard it and we've read it. And so uh, you can pick it up and read it again yourself if, if you wonder if I'm saying it accurately or correctly. But we know that God created the world and everything in it. And just go through those verses, what He created. The world, the firmament, the heavens, the earth. 
animals, creeping things, the plants, the trees, everything. And then finally, he created us. And it says it very clearly. He created male and he created female. But it doesn't only say that. It says his creation was very good. Now, I know all of us want good things in our life. When we produce something, whether it be uh, a meal, whether it be uh, in our work, whatever we do, uh, anything we do, we want it to be good. That's our goal. Doesn't always turn out that way, but that's our desire. That's our intent. And we hear and we know and we believe and foundationally to where we are today is that God created us very good. He created us in His image and likeness. We have the divine imprint upon us. And we read in the Scripture, and when you read the Greek, it becomes more evident and clear that when he says, uh, when it says, let us make them, man and woman, male and female, in our image, it's the Trinity. And there's a connection between that and this event of the transfiguration, because as we read in Scripture, the Trinity was made manifest in the cloud that descended upon them, and the voice of the Father, and the Spirit that was around them, and the Son. So, again, as I always say, these feast days and these scriptures are not random. There's a connection that runs through everything to remind us of these truths, the foundation of our faith and the foundation of where we should look in times when we come in our life where we may be confused or we may be um, misled or we may question the things around us. And these things happen. We're human. We do these things. So God made us. Male and female, He made us. And He made us very good. Now, what does that have to do with being transfigured? So, as you've heard, and I say this at the funeral, the beautiful hymns of the funeral remind us that we were made in His image and in His likeness. But we, and this is the next part of the story, is that we disobeyed this gift, this free will, this image that we were made in, we disobeyed, we sinned, and we became disfigured. Not physically, not our countenance, but our external countenance, but the image that we were created in was disfigured through sin. And again, we see this all around us. It has become so greatly disfigured that many don't even recognize, don't even know what the original beauty, very good, that they were created in. They don't recognize it. And because they don't recognize it, then they don't have any issue with or concern or even question why someone might not 
accept or understand that they want to change because they don't see or understand the way they were originally created. Very good in His image and likeness as male and as female. I mean, if you think I'm saying it wrong, look in that first page of the Bible in front of you. This isn't me saying this. This is recorded in Scripture that is the foundation of our faith, that is why we worship the way we worship. So what does this have to do with being transfigured? Our journey from the time we're born until the time we die is to be refashioned in the original beauty that we were created in, to be refashioned, to be refigured, to be transfigured. Paul says it best, a verse we say to our young people at every camp, at every retreat, at every time we're with them. He says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed, be transfigured, be transformed, be changed in the right way, the good way, the correct way, by the renewing of your mind. So he tells us how to do this. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, His pleasing, His perfect will. If we question, and we're humans, we question everything it seems, let's look at what the words in Scripture tell us to do. Don't conform to the pattern of this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is for you and your life. I'm asked all the time, I'm seeking God's will in my life. What does He want for me? Where am I going? Who am I? One of the ways, the way, is don't conform to what the world is telling you. This is why we have, this is why we offer the services, the hymns, the, 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 the readings of the fathers, the lives of the saints, the iconography, the prayers of the church. All these are here for us on our journey to guide us, to lead us, to strengthen us, to help us so that we will be transformed, we will be refashioned, we will be refigured into the image and the likeness that we were created with. To be transfigured means to change our figure. Now our Lord was not changed in His person. He was, as we read, lifted in the air and there was a great light around Him, so, so great that the disciples that were there, Peter, James, and John, couldn't even look at it, His glory. He was revealing His glory, and He, he did this and does this still at points in time. He reveals His glory. It's about His glory. 
It's not about our glory. It's not about mine. It's not about yours. It's anything that we do, it's about His glory. Totheo doxa. Glory to God, we say. It's His glory that is revealed. It's His glory that we are to seek. It's His glory that transfigures us. It's His glory that guides us and strengthens us, transforms us, so that we may be once again citizens of paradise. This is our journey, and it's a daily struggle. Note that all these events with Moses, with Elijah, who, by the way, as you note, they were appeared in this event, Moses and Elijah. The fathers would say Moses represents the law and Elijah the prophets, and Jesus came to fulfill those things and not to abolish them. But they too had their revelation of the glory of God on a mountain. Mount Sinai, Mount Horeb, and Mount Tabor is where the transfiguration took place. And we read that it took them time. In fact, it was so exhausting to get up this mountain for the disciples that they fell asleep. They had to rest. It took them effort to get to the top of the mountain. It takes us effort to get to the point where we see God willing, where we are experiencing the glory of God, where He shines upon us. That takes time. I heard a scream somewhere, didn't I? <laughs> that takes time. That takes effort. That takes commitment. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what's God, what God's will is. His good, His pleasing, and His perfect will for each and every one of you, each and every one of us. May that be the blessing we receive. May that be our guiding principle in life. May that encourage us and strengthen us as we continue on in our journey to the kingdom. And may we all at one point or for the rest of our life be illumined by the light, the very same light that our Lord revealed to the disciples on that day. Amen.